0: You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up? Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Got a big announcement for you uh joined by Leaf to you might have noticed the trend now i think this is what three or four weeks in a row uh leaf is now my full-time co-host on locked on nba draft so go ahead give him some love give him a follow on twitter at leaf to leaf how are you doing today
0: i'm doing great i'm happy we can we can finally say that that's the reason i've been a frequent uh, appearance on the show but uh but I'm happy to be here as always. Not, nothing's changed. I'm I'm always happy to talk some draft and some college basketball. So I'm happy to do so on a more, more regular
1: basis. Yeah. You know, your 10 day contract was uh, converted to, <laughs> was converted to a full-time contract. We guaranteed the contract and everything. No, nah, but other big changes coming. One other thing is you'll start seeing us on YouTube as well. You'll, you'll finally get to see Leafs sick background. He's got a Donovan Mitchell poster. I'm staring at right now. And then a Vince Carter Jersey. It's absolutely awesome. It, it makes me jealous because my background is curtains. But thank you so much for making Locked On NBA Draft the first listen of your day. Got a good episode for your day. A lot happened, I think, in this week of college basketball. Really changed the landscape of the game. Baylor lost twice. Uh, Alabama is out of the top 25. It's a crazy time. I mean, I never saw this coming where the two teams I follow the most, Miami and TCU, are both getting loved in top 25. Never in a million years saw this day coming. It's It's been a very big week. And, you know, there's a whole lot to cover, and I think this weekend could be even bigger. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. I know some of the big game, this one is personally the one I paid attention to the absolute mo- most was Wake Forest and Duke. And I think Paolo Boncara was probably the, the conversation where most of uh, the focus was. He went 8 of 11, had 21 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 1 block, and 5 of 8 from the line against, Eric, uh, excuse me, that was against Duke uh, or what am I saying? He was on Duke. That was against North Carolina state. Uh, actually, you know what, let's just talk about both games. Cause that was what he did against NC state Saturday. That was one fresh on my mind on Wednesday against wake forest. He went for 11 and 23, uh, 11 of 23, 24 points, five rebounds, one assist and one block. Apologies for that massive word jumble. Leaf, hopefully you were more, you're thinking more straight than I am. Talk to me about those two games. So
0: Duke as a whole is one of the most uniquely suited teams to play different styles. Like NC State is very attack-the-rim oriented, and Duke, what stood out to me in their most recent game was their shot-blocking ability. Um, Paulo had a few. Mark Williams has eight blocks. And so it showed defensive versatility. And offensively, you talked about Paulo Banqueiro, and he was 8 of 11, and he was 5 of 8 from the free throw line. But what he stands out to me from him is that his he's so agile like you don't see a bully in the post at 6 10 250 and then and then it happens and it's dominant you see him jab stepping 20 feet away rising into a jump shot and he makes that and then he's got the same ability to rip through spin and dunk it like he did against wake forest which has been making some rounds on twitter and um if you haven't seen that play just look up uh paulo van carroll highlights against wake forest but yeah he's you know, he's, he's a tough evaluation compared to some of the other guys. He's certainly a top five by pretty much everyone's standards. Some people haven't won even. Um, and then A.J. Griffin and Mark Williams also showed out in various portions of those two games that you mentioned, Wake and uh, NC State.
1: Yeah, Mark Williams had a crazy pass on the move against North Carolina State where he was saving it out of bounds, perfect pass to Paolo. Uh, it was really beautiful. And he also had uh, eight blocks that game with 11 rebounds and 19 points. It was a huge Mark Williams game. His stock definitely elevated, did a lot that game, uh, went 9 of 12. Really big outing just about for everyone. And someone else that stood out in that game for me is someone who's really been standing out all season and is finally starting to get love. It's Darion Sebron from uh, North Carolina State. He had a 39-pointer against Nebraska to open December, had a 32-pointer to open. uh, It seems like every first of the month he's having a crazy game because December 1st, 39 points. January 1st, 32 points. So February 1st, I'm just going to go ahead and follow the pattern. He's going to score 25 points here. Um, Third grade math taught me this very well. But the thing that stands out for me is he's had three games, four games, excuse me, below 15 points. And he hasn't had a single digit scoring game once this year. And he's almost ambidextrous. ambidextrous. He can drive with both hands, finish with both hands. And he's got really long arms and he's got the ability to shoot. He's probably right now a second round prospect that could be climbing. I think he's someone to keep an eye on in the ACC, and then someone else who stood out in the game against Duke on the other end in Wake Forest was Alondis Williams, who went for twenty-five, seven, and four on fifty-two percent shooting. Um, kind of staying back on Duke, though, AJ Griffin had a couple of varying games. He went one of six against North Carolina State, not a huge game, and then eight of eleven versus Wake Forest for twenty-two points. Where are you with AJ Griffin? It's I feel like I talk we talk about him every week and. I'm starting to grow big on him. Uh, The health concerns are slowly, knock on wood, moving behind. What's your assessment on A.J. Green? I'm sorry, A.J. AJ Griffin.
0: A.J. Griffin is, uh, I think right now, my favorite prospect to watch, and he's like climbing the most for me. I'd say he's in my top five pretty safely right now, actually. I don't think that's terribly bold, but I think he's in the tier right below the big guys that are one, two, and three on my board in terms of Jabari Smith, Chet, and Paulo. And then I've got Jaden Ivey and AJ Griffin at four and five. And I, I, I mean, this game against Wake Forest, uh, he was eight for 11 with 22 points, four rebounds. I saw a stat and this may need some updating because it was from prior to playing NC state, but at the time prior to playing NC state, uh, AJ Griffin was shooting. I'm just trying to find it. So I make sure I've got it correct. Uh, His, so in fact, among all D1 players this season to take 20% of a team's shot attempts well on the floor, the Duke Blue Devil freshman sits atop the list with his insane 139.8% mark as a player efficiency. Um, that's unbelievable. That's off the charts. His offensive rating is ridiculous, and it's, it's moved down after a what, subpar game against NC State. But what I will say is you can't teach 6'6", 225-ish that shoots the ball and his platform looks beautiful it's just it looks very reminiscent to Donovan, Donovan Mitchells who's regarded by JJ Reddick as one of the greatest shooters ever as the perfect uh, model for the preparation on a catch-and shoot his base is beautiful his fundamentals are great and then you can't teach like I said the 66 225 explosive athleticism
1: yeah with the and the NBA strength he has is ridiculous and one other Duke prospect I wanted to talk about was Trevor Keels he He is another guy who I think is starting to climb on draft boards. I mean, I've seen him as high as 10. Uh, I think Draft Express put him there uh, in their mock about three weeks ago. And I personally don't agree, but he is climbing. In the two games, he had 11 points, four assists, three rebounds against Wake Forest, and then also 12 points, nine assists, five steals, five rebounds against NC State. He's really climbing in terms of just – I mean, he's been climbing really since his 25-point season debut against Kentucky. When he shot down Ty Ty Washington, his defense is great. Talk to me about Trevor Keels. I don't know how big of a fan you are on him, but uh, it feels like the, just that whole Duke team is stacked.
0: I think they will have five players drafted in the first round. I'm not sure Trevor Keels comes out this year, actually. I, I think that he needs to work on his shot a little bit. Uh, he had the 25-point game, and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, they got another lottery player. And at the time, he was regarded about the same caliber as A.J. Griffin. I think their trains have divided a little bit. His defense is incredible. He's, he's huge. That You hear Jay Billis say he's built like a linebacker every time that they um, they broadcast a Duke game. But what I will say is I think he needs to work on his ball ball handling, his playmaking, and his shooting. So I think one year more at Duke will behoove him, and he can be the man, whereas he's got a battle with so many players this year. And it always will be the case with Duke with how how much talent they bring in year in, year out. But I think for me right now, he'd be at the bottom of my first round this year. But I think he can come back and be a lottery guy next year.
1: Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think the best outlook for him is to come out as a sophomore. But I think ultimately he will come out as a freshman. And then you said, you know, there's five, five Duke guys. We talked about, what is that now? Four of them, I believe. Uh, let's just hit the fifth one. I mean, we talked about Mark Williams, too. That would be number four, I guess. We kind of briefly touched on him. But Wendell Moore. Um, he has had a massive breakout as a junior. I think the most impressive thing is that he's averaging almost two and a half to one uh, or well, no, actually it's come down since then. NC state game, but entering Saturday, he was averaging like a two and a half assist to one turnover. And it was remarkable. Now he had a, some turnovers on Saturday and now it's at five assists to two. Uh, so actually it's still two and a half. Uh, I, my third grade math, you know, helped me earlier and it failed me now. So I apologize for not having my head on straight today, apparently. But 55% shooting on 15 points per game, 37% from three, 73% from the line. But the previous two years, he was 85% and 81% from the line. So I think you can kind of give and take. He's had a massive breakout. It's a little bit interesting, you know, with juniors and seniors, upperclassmen breaking out. This is actually something the draft dummies talked about last year about Davion Mitchell, how it's like there's rules. There's exceptions to the rules where it's like, upperclassmen are generally going to be better players in college basketball. It's natural, but where's the real part? And where's just him being older than everybody with Wendell Moore. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on him because I'm pretty high on him myself.
0: I think he's one of the biggest uh, breakout players in college basketball. Last season, people were like, man, this Duke team could be really good if they had this wing contributor. And that was supposed to be him. He had a bad year last year, scored nearly 10 a game this year. He's scoring over 15 a game. You mentioned he's shooting thirty-seven and a half, uh, thirty-seven point seven percent from three last year. He only shot thirty percent from the field. He was forty-two percent last year. He's at fifty-five this year. I actually think that he is the rare case of an elder-like classman. He's a junior that shouldn't be given a harsh grading for his age because he's actually only nineteen still as a junior, or maybe he had just turned twenty. So he he turned twenty this year, and. um, I mean, it, it's hard to develop. He, he came into Duke as a 17 year old, turned 18 during his freshman season. Whereas Paolo Bencaro is is 19 and a half right now. Um, it's it's a very different game, and people develop at different rates. You can't teach his size. He's six five, and he's playing the point guard right now. Ever since AJ Griffin has been uh, inserted into the starting lineup, he's been their point guard over Jeremy Roach. Whether that is the best recipe because he's not a true point guard, but he's doing well. The 2.5 to one assisted turnover is awesome. And I'm a believer in Wendell Moore because I think he's positionally able to guard three positions, and he's, if his shooting translates, that's a first-round pick in my mind.
1: Yeah, I, I had no idea about the age, uh, so you learn something every day. I'm glad you're teaching me that. Um, my thing with him is, like, the scouting report reads identical to Troy Brown Jr. from 2018, where he has everything very good except one thing. He can't blow by guys, and the, the first step for me has seemed some subpar that was literally the one flaw i had on troy brown and it's been troy brown's been fighting to find the rotation spot difference could be you know the experience in higher level competition at a younger age could help Wendell Moore a little bit more but that really concerns me that's the one area of concern i have for him i'd still probably take him at the very end of the first round they could be the first team though to have five first rounders since i think it was kentucky in 2012 i think they had five it was four or five but they had the most drafted players from one team there's a lot that could come from that, but let um, me come back. We're going to talk about some of the other games, including Harrison Ingram at USC, um, and then Jabari Smith against Alabama. But first, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Uh, you've been hearing me talk talk about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? If you haven't, now is the perfect time. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. For a limit, uh, or excuse me, users get $50 for free. And if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point, uh, but you must use the code NBA, uh, there's an exclusive offer available to locked on fans only who who use code NBA. You get $50 for free if you use, if they just get a single point. So prize picks though, uh, they're the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market And PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench player and any of the random players we're talking about on here. You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. PrizePix also allows mixed sports entries. So you can take the over on Embiid points combined with under on Rodgers yards in the same entry. So use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And go to prizepix.com today or go to your app store and download the app. All users that deposit and use our promo code NBA will get $50 free if your first prize pick entry scores a single point. That's right. One point and you get $50. All right. So back with Weave to Lean. Uh, Again, if you didn't hear at the beginning, full-time co-host. Um, again, give him a follow at leaf to lean, l-e-i-f-t-h-u-l-i-n um leaf talk to me about some of the other games that you saw this week i know one that you really liked and i think everybody should like this is one of them that, shaked, that shook up the college landscape uh was usc versus stanford and harrison ingram i know stood out talk to me about that game
0: yeah i've watched a lot of stanford because uh i, I grew up watching them so this year is no different and there's a prospect to watch so even more of the reason Harrison Ingram is a t- difficult read for me as a player, but I will say in this game, he was, he played like a lottery pick. And I think he's somewhere between the lottery. I'd, I'd take him probably around 20, 22 is where I've got him. Um, the way he does well, for those of you who haven't seen him, he's a six, six freshman out of Dallas, Texas, uh, maybe six, seven, he's got long arms. He rebounds very well. He's averaging nearly seven rebounds a game and he's scoring, um, at a pretty impressive clip, he's only shooting 41% from the field, but he takes some difficult shots, and he's looked to as the focal point of a Stanford offense that is not the greatest. It doesn't move the ball that well, but what he does is he creates shots for himself and others. He's also got a well above um, nearly 2-to-1 assist to turnover ratio. He's, he's a heady player. That's the way I describe him. He's a heady player with a good traits, long arms, um, laterally moves his feet deep pretty well he's never going to blow you away with his speed. I've heard comparisons to Kyle Anderson, who's nicknamed slow-mo. I wouldn't quite go that far in terms of his game, but it is not rushed. He reminds me a lot of players that from Villanova, that jump stop and head fake. He's got very good fundamentals and he's shooting 33.3% from three, nothing terribly impressive, but I will say in this game against USC, which at the time was ranked fifth, fifth in the country. I don't know if I fully agreed with it at the time. And I kind of alluded to that, but, um, Nonetheless, fifth in the country, big game, shot 60% from three, six to 11 from the field, 21 points, 10 rebounds, two assists, zero turnovers, a steal, and he ended the game. He was the closer as a true freshman against a top five team in the country. There's The verdict's not out on Harrison Ingram, but there's there's traits that are typically successful in the NFL that he – and NBA, oh, my goodness, I watched too much playoffs this weekend. Um, and they they possess – uh, he possesses those traits that are successful in the nba and it's something to watch for i would say i'd have him around 20. What do, what's your read on harrison ingram
1: yeah so i grew more fond of him and this is kind of weird because it was actually in a bad game but when i saw him at baylor just watching him live you see the reads he makes his passing ability is just ridiculous the feel for the game with him is just on point my one concern uh, and you touched on it was his athleticism he's very underwhelming in that regard and the make or break trait also is three point shooting. It's a slow shot. He takes his time getting into rhythm, but it's not the form is fine. It's just he takes he takes his sweet time and that may hurt him at the next level. So I like him. I think kind of like you said, he's got that Kyle Anderson mold that uh that just kind of swing man. And it's at six, eight, six, seven, whatever he's gonna be listed as in the NBA. You know, I think you can get away with some of that stuff. And I, I think ultimately, I agree with you. I would take him in the 20s. I think if you put him on a winning team, you see an impact and you can make him, he can overcome some of those limitations. How fast he overcomes those, who knows? But I do think there's a real chance for him to overcome those weaknesses. I, I'm a big fan of his. And I think if the jump shot falls, he'll be completely fine. Also in this game, actually, though, is something uh, I, I personally did not get to watch this game. But I'm curious what you thought of this player. Um, Isaiah Mobley, he was someone who was a big name come the, uh, withdrawal and declaration, um, deadline last year in the draft was keep it, keep your name in or get back to school. And he's had a pretty good year. I think he's really improved his passing also ridiculously long arms, obviously Evan Mobley's brother, Sixteen 16.7, seven rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block. Do you have a read on Mobley? And if so, I guess, what is it? Um, Well, two things. I thought of a
0: comparison for Harrison Ingram, I think that people may like. We talked about uh, Kyle Anderson. That's a guy that I think is, it's a good prototype, but I would mix him with uh, Kyle Anderson and Sadiq Bey, and I think you find yourself Harrison Ingram. And then about Isaiah Mobley, I would say he's a second round pick um, this year. I think the concern with him is that he doesn't, like, score at a level that you'd really, really want for a, um, a guy that's been in college as long as he has It's his third year. He's older than Evan, even though Evan was just picked. Um, what does impress me is his shooting. He's shooting 44% from three as a big man. He's got NBA athleticism, as you'd assume, um, being the brother of a guy who may be a generational defensive talent in Evan Mobley. Um, I, I would take him in the second round. There, there are limitations to his game, but he's showing development which is impressive to me. Like he's, he showed some ball handling and fast break situations in that game. against Stanford pushing the pace against slower um, centers. So Lucas Kasunas is the center for Stanford and Isaiah Mobley ran right past him. Um, he dribbled the ball at the court, made some good decisions, found streaking cutters on the wing. And he doesn't have a great post game, but I think his calling card in the NBA is going to be defense. So that doesn't concern me terribly much. So I'd buy into him as a low second round pick.
1: Yeah, that's completely fair. I think he's he's still a little bit raw, like you said, older than Evan, which shouldn't be a concern being that combo. But the upside is there. And, you know, maybe he's a play finisher um, moving on to the next game. So another big one, it's always a big game when you have a top prospect. We obviously headlined this entire show with Paolo Boncaro. Let's move on to another top two, top three prospect, and that's Jabari Smith. Uh, I think this was a pretty big game to watch. It was the first of two games Auburn played this week. They played at Alabama. Again, Alabama dropped out of the top 25. They lost twice. They lost to Mississippi State and to Auburn, and they were already ranked 24, so that was a no-brainer. Jabari Smith had 25 points, seven rebounds, one assist, two steal, four blocks on eight of 14 shooting, and three of six from three. And also in this was a very, very rare occurrence, historic occurrence, where Walker Kessler did not get a block. Um, So talk to me about Jabari Smith. I have some thoughts on it, but curious what you thought of this game from him.
0: At the moment, he's my number one prospect. Uh, He's silky smooth. He's shooting 44% from three at 6'10". He had four blocks. He laterally moves his feet. And in this game in particular, Alabama has plenty of athletes. And I believe entering that game, Alabama was favored to win. So I know they're outside of the top 25, but that's no easy opponent. That's a rivalry game with a team that was predicted to win the SEC in the Crimson Tide Um Auburn stormed the court and they uh they were the better team all throughout. Um one thing I will say about that game is a lot of scouting reports have said forced Jabari Smith left. So what did he do? He went left and scored an and one with his left hand as a floater, and then he pump faked, went left, and scored a little step through finger roll layup going left. Unguardable when you shoot 44%, you're six ten, you isolate the mid post. He he spun out of a jab and shot a Dirk Nowitzki fade. Um, he did so many things that game offensively. And then you combine that he had four blocks. And I think he had a steal or two as well in that game. And he was go- defending the fours and the fives. You saw him switched on to guards a couple of times. And Alabama's guards, I've heard analysts such as Dan and Jay Billis, say this is the best backcourt in the country. And I don't know if I would go that far, but they're certainly not far off. And Jabari Smith stayed like perfectly with them stride by stride. And my concern with him as a prospect was defense. Everything offensively, I buy in on, and that game made me feel very confident in my assessment of him being my number one player at the moment.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that lefty drive. I know exactly the one you're talking about. He he was kind of smothered before when he was in triple threat and then just drove left super long strides and just extends over the, the defense, gets an M1. And then also the dark fade was just marvelous. It was music to my ears. Those were the two plays I actually really wanted to talk about. I really don't feel like there's another top three prospect. Um, Actually, you know what? Rephrase that because Chet is the most uh, scrutinized prospect. I was going to say, I don't feel like he's, I feel like Jabari is getting really scrutinized of late, Uh, much less than Paolo. Understandable, Paolo has much less holes, I guess. Uh, And I I have him as my number one, but Jabari is my number two. I don't understand the scrutinization of Jabari because I feel like there's a lot of people who are, very out i say out like they don't want him top three which i kind of get um because the one thing for me is like he he uses his step back a lot but doesn't actually create space but like fine so what that's my big flaw i have on him and that's such a minor thing that i don't really care so i'm curious if you had a counter for that what what would that be like that he can't be considered for number one or shouldn't be
0: i mean like i said he is my number one i i can see the lack of space creation, but I would I would contend that he doesn't necessarily need to create that much in these games because he's 6'10", he's quick. I mean, he shoots these like jab step threes and they're not like catch and shoots and he's shooting nearly 45% from three. I mean, I think that's ridiculous even if he were shooting catch and shoots at 6'10", but instead he's pulling up off the dribble, one dribble, step backs. I don't think he's bothered by people being near him. So I don't know if it's necessary. It is a good point that he's not creating a ton of space. But uh, in that move where he went to the dirt fade off the spin, he created plenty of space. I wouldn't worry about that as a trait. I would worry more about defense, and he passed that one with flying colors in this game. Um, I, I don't know if it's the time to talk about this, and I'm sure we'll get into it more and more once the draft comes closer. But I would argue he's, he's more uh, – he's got fewer holes than Paulo, actually. So I th- I'm sure we could get into that later. But um, Jabari Smith, to me, he's unbelievable, and I think he's the driving force behind – Auburn success and Bruce Pearl, the head coach of Auburn, said it best. He said, "What was the difference between Auburn and Alabama?" And he said, "We had number ten in orange, and that's Jabari Smith."
1: And I mean, he's the guy you predicted preseason would be the SEC player of the year. And I mean, he's very much so on track to be that best team in the conference, um, or probably the best player. I mean, there's the SEC player of the year race is going to be very good. I mean, Ty Ty Washington will be in that race, I think too. That's two freshmen, uh, which is pretty remarkable. But um, I think we're going to have to dive into that another time. Maybe maybe like in February, that might be something we dive into because I think it's a stashed field. You can make an argument for so many different players right now, but Jabari does ultimately lead it. Um, So when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the upcoming matchups for this week. It's a big, big college landscape game uh, week again. It's going to be that way, honestly, now that conference play is just in full swing. And you know what else is in full swing? It is basketball season as a whole. And you know what you can use to bet? on basketball season is bet online bet online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022 a new year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50 welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on one word l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n from football basketball hockey boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports bet online, where the game starts. So back with Lee to lean uh, again, new co-host. If, if you haven't paid attention to the first two uh, segments of this episode, but um, we are going to talk about some of the best uh, matchups coming up. And then also, uh, maybe do like a little player of the week for who we've got. You want to start with the player of the week?
0: Yeah, I've got a, I've got a pretty wild stat that I, I stumbled upon. So my player of the week is not a terribly new new face. It's Drew Timmy. He, he missed five shots and we're out to scoring 62 points this week. Gonzaga also had 93 points in 11 minutes against BYU, who held Oregon, who had two top five wins this week. Or two top ten wins, excuse me, this week. And they held Oregon to 49 points, I think. And Gonzaga scored 115, could have been more. Uh, Drew Timmy was unbelievable, scoring 62 points through two games, missing only five shots.
1: Yeah, that that is stupid level of efficiency. Um, Mine, look, he didn't have the best week of any prospect, but I think he had one of the best games. And it's someone that I'm just going to choose someone that we haven't talked about. Um, A power would probably be the best answer, but we talked about him ad nauseum. Uh, I'm going to go with a repeating player of the week for mine, Keegan Murray. What he did on Sunday against Minnesota was really impressive. 25 points, 10 rebounds, two blocks on 11 of 17 shooting, three level scoring and really good defense. The two blocks he had were incredible and the blocks. So he gets two blocks a game and one steal a game and his ability to just really make an impact as a shot blocker and defender has been phenomenal. I think in terms of you look at how good he is offensively and the load he takes on defense and doesn't really take a ton of play off, plays off. Um, he's instinctual. He, he made a blindside block on someone like he, he just straight up came from behind and swatted it really impressive. And then on a drive, uh, I forget who the, it was a guard. It was a six, three guard. So that alone is impressive. He he's guarding him one-on-one isolation drive to the basket and stays with him step for step and step and smothers the shot. So I was really impressed with what he did on both ends. So you factoring through off a scoring defense, really impressive outing, but Keegan Murray will always be on my radar. Huge fan of him now. Let's talk about some of the games looking forward for this week. Um, I'll kick this one off for my number one game to watch. I tease this a little bit. I'm a Miami fan. Grew up a Miami fan. Miami, North Carolina. This could be a game that, one, just from a draft perspective, is Isaiah Wong versus Caleb Love is a very good test for both prospects. I think Wong is a decent defender. Caleb Love has really emerged as a a prospect. He had a terrible freshman year, but the shot is real. The creation's real. A lot of his offense is very nice. And on the other end, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about Caleb loves defense, but Isaiah Wong could really use a bounce back game. He's kind of been a little bit slow lately. And if he has a 20 point game on good efficiency, it'd be big for him. Leaf what's yours. Uh, my top
0: game is Michigan state at Wisconsin. Um, there are prospects in this game. This is purely from a college basketball standpoint, some rugged big 10 play. Wisconsin is now up to number eight in the country. Johnny Davis is carrying that squad. Brad Davison's 27,000 years old, and he's a contributor on the team. And Michigan State has a guy in Max Christie who looks likely to be the freshman of the year in the uh, in the Big Ten. And Michigan State's coming off a bad loss, but we're ranked in the top ten. So that's a top 15 matchup on Friday that I'm eagerly awaiting from the Kohl Center.
1: Hey, that was actually going to be my next one. So I'll have to scramble and find another one. Uh, one other thing, though, I, I am very excited you touched on this. Max Christie versus John, uh, versus Johnny Davis is going to be beautiful to watch. Uh, my next one will be, we talked about Jabari Smith just moments ago, Auburn versus Georgia. And I know that sounds like a silly one because Georgia is probably the worst team in the conference, them or Mizzou. But the thing I'm interested to see is Georgia's defense has been really bad. Could this be Jabari Smith's big biggest, I should say, game of the year. We saw Ty Ty Washington put up 17 assists against this Georgia defense. I think Jabari's in for a massive game. Uh, Also someone to watch if you're into these massively deep sleepers, Kario Okendo is uh, someone to watch on Georgia. He's a combo guard, really strong, super athletic, kind of raw, but he's a sophomore transferred from uh, junior college last year. What's your next one, Leaf?
0: I think I'm going to go kind of follow
1: follow your suit.
0: This is a team you like Um, Iowa state at Texas tech, Texas tech, had two huge wins in the past two weeks. They beat uh, both Kansas and Baylor, and that one was at Baylor. Um, I know Baylor's lost two in a row, but don't get fooled. This is still one of the best teams in the country. Um, that one's from Lubbock. I'm interested in that. And then one other one on Tuesday that I wanted to get a mention of, but I didn't want to miss the ranked matchup was Duke. We talked about all their prospects versus Florida State. The reason this one intrigues me is I'm a big fan of Matthew Cleveland, just like you are, but also – Florida State provides a ton of pressure, and Wendell Moore, this is a huge test for him, Wendell Moore Jr. uh, We talked about him earlier in this episode, but he's playing the point guard now with A.J. Griffin in the starting lineup. I want to see how he handles the immense pressure provided by Florida State's length and constant pressure. Um, And I also think Florida State's a tough team. That's not going to be an easy win for Duke, even though they're ranked sixth and Florida State's not ranked. So that's one game I've got my eye on that I think is kind of a sleeper in terms of high-profile games.
1: Yeah, uh, I'll I'll bring us home unless you got any other ones. But uh, I got two two and a half, I guess. Uh, I've already said Auburn, but they play Kentucky. That's a huge one. Um, Michigan, Indiana, though, I think that's a really big test for Trace Jackson Davis, and more importantly, it's a big test for Michigan just because they really just seem to be falling from whatever you want to put in grace, wherever it is they're falling. And Musa Diabite versus Trace Jackson Davis will be a really fun matchup. Could be a game for Caleb Houston to get going. Uh, I feel like I've said that for like four games straight now, but who knows? And then uh, one other just to shout out, I I feel like these games are always, these are rivalry games. I love watching these unless there's a chair thrown, but Kansas plays Kansas State on Saturday. Uh, You know, that's just a rivalry game I enjoy watching. Nigel Pack is someone who, I don't know if he ever plays in the NBA, but he's a pro somewhere, really quick, really good jump shot. He's a little bit undersized, though. I like him. And I like that matchup. Leaf, are there any other games you want to touch on before we send this home?
0: I think you did a good job touching on the Kentucky Auburn one. That, that's the highest profile game this, this week, in my opinion. Uh, Kansas, you mentioned them. I like the Kansas Oklahoma matchup uh, more than the Kansas Kansas State one because I think o- Oklahoma, under Porter Moser, plays a slow style. They play, they're very good defensively. And I think they could give some trouble to Kansas. And I also just want to keep watching Ochai Baji, see how much he can elevate his stock. Because right now, the last couple of games, he's shooting over 50% from the field as a two guard, shooting 45% from three. Someone that you really want to look out for there. And you mentioned throwing chairs on the floor. The one man who did that was, or maybe not the one man, but one of the men who did that is uh, Mr. Mister Knight. And he, him, his Indiana Hoosiers are taking on the Purdue Boilermakers, who are fresh off an awesome win against illinois and that's a rivalry game happening from assembly hall this this week so keep your eyes peeled for a chair thrown or not i don't i don't know if that's going to happen for mike woodson but but still a rivalry game see if indiana can get a win against purdue which i think would be their first in like nine or ten attempts
1: hey (laughs) you know this will be locked on throwing chairs at some point based on (laughs) the amount of references hey one last thing before we we end this Oche Baji is really shaping up to be this year's Desmond Bain. I mean, the senior that should be climbing higher. The shot is real. He's athletic, can play defense. Try not to overthink it. He's really good, has been for four years. I mean, I, I think he's this year's Desmond Bain if you want that pick. But Leaf, pleasure as always. Um, now that you're officially my new co-host, uh, we've gone locked on official. Uh, so <laughs> really appreciate it, though. Leaf, tell them one more time where they can find you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, um, Leif Tulin, L-E-I-F-T-H-U-L-I-N.
0: And yeah, if you, if you follow those takes, there'll be a lot of draft takes. There'll be me ranting about college basketball. Uh, I'm a total junkie, as you can tell from that on college basketball. So I was complaining about the double overtime game, how how the execution on the final play wasn't perfect between Purdue and Illinois, despite being a perfect game. So if you want college basketball and NBA draft takes, that's a, that's a good place to look for them.
1: Hey, appreciate you join. Appreciate you being here. I should say, as always. Uh, next week we will be starting on YouTube. Go ahead. We have already set up the station. Uh, the channel, excuse me. It's locked on NBA Draft. Go ahead, like, subscribe, all that. Just so when we go live and things like that, you'll be able to tune in. We could probably answer questions as you're live, be more interactive. And in if you want to see our beautiful faces and more importantly, we've incredible background. Check it out there. Thank you so much for listening. To Locked on NBA Draft, and see you next week.